Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. In this edition of the GRC Professional Podcast, we speak to GRC Institute's Managing Director, Naomi Burley, who's going to be talking a bit about the themes that will be addressed in the AML and Financial Crimes Congress, as well as the GRC Conference later this year. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher, and I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and GRC Professional Online. And with me, I have Naomi Burley. Hi, Naomi. Hi, Kwame. So Naomi is our managing director, and as you know, we usually try to get a message from managing director about what's coming up. And in 2019, we will have the AML Congress and we'll have the GRC Conference later this year. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so I guess to first start about what is going to happen for the AML Congress? Is it going to be the same kind of theme as last year? It's uh, very much in that uh, conversation around financial crime, so expanding um, the uh, experience and knowledge and skills of our members at that. So anti-money laundering, um, as a skill set, has moved a long way and now the range of knowledge you need for that kind of role encompasses a lot of other um, a lot of other legislation and requirements both internationally and nationally so our financial crime summit uh, tends to reflect that um, as a growing for instance the modern slavery act and other implications both at a state and federal level for um, for our members so i know last year we tried to take a cybersecurity angle as well it's sort of looking at breaking those silos of how we think of financial crime and aml and fraud and such um, are we going to be doing that again this year are we going to be expanding further maybe or it's the same conversation i think that's very much an ongoing theme of sharing data and sharing intel across uh different areas of the business so no longer siloing the, the fraud team um, and there has been a broader recognition of the predicate crimes and that a lot of these criminals uh, operate across your business in a variety of areas, so there is no point uh, reducing the conversation between those areas of your compliance professionals who are working in those different spaces. Right, excellent. So that event will be held this year in May, I believe, is it the 2nd of May? I could be 3rd right of May. 3rd of May, May. <laughs> in Sydney. That this year it was in Melbourne last year, and as usual, we'll have Oztrack there um, exploring some of their themes. What we did notice, uh, I mean, it was a great session from Oztrack last year, actually talking about suspicious matter reporting and where all that data goes and what they do with it, which was a real eye opener. But it's also expanding across other industries, so superannuation and other spaces, as um, as other industries are pulled in by Oztrack. Yes, and I know suspicious, suspicious matter reporting is still something people are very much talking about in that ongoing due diligence. It, it was definitely on the agenda for our AML networking group as something to be discussed last year, and I imagine it will be on the agenda again this year. Absolutely. To figure out how Absolutely. That works. They can be, you know, they can be done better, but when, as with all com- good compliance and good compliance frameworks, when your compliance people are enabled with understanding the end purpose, um, and that, you know, that would be our main criticism of those, that kind of reporting and collection of data is that if we as the champions within our organisation don't understand what your end use is for it and we think it's redundant and you're not using the data, um, we don't understand what would be useful to include on it. However, when we understand the end purpose, we understand the number of agencies who are accessing it and what they're doing with it, we can give you better information. Um, and so opening up that dialogue it's been really, really useful, and then that allows us to open up the dialogue with uh, the rest of the business. And it's those subtleties around tipping off 
um, and, and other nuanced areas where if we can get a better feel for what the regulator um, is feeling in its barometer when it's at the coalface with the criminals, then we can do a better job in our organisations. Excellent, excellent. And you mentioned the Modern Slavery Act earlier on, um, just to let listeners know that that's going to be one of the key articles in the next upcoming edition of GRC Professional Magazine will be Julian Hunt from Flight Centre sort of identifying those risks associated with modern slavery, um, you know, even for those industries who don't think that they may have much of, a, much of an exposure. It, it has, it has um, far-reaching implications um, with the onus of responsibility is on you as the first party to really be very clear that supply chain and it expands all the other risks and, and it re-echoes your supply chain risk to be honest. There are a number of other areas with the APRA legislation around cyber security where you really need to have a really confident feel for your suppliers and, and how far back that chain goes and who's responsible for what where, um, which is a whole job in itself. Right. And of course you mentioned APRA, one of the things that is people are sort of getting a sense might happen this year is that regulators might be a little bit more, um, I guess, forceful in terms of enforcing the regulation, might be changing tact a little bit, and I guess they got pulled up a little bit by the Royal Commission. Um, and I guess that falls in nicely to the theme of the conference which is coming up in October because, of course, we'll be exploring the role of compliance, and obviously the role of compliance will be impacted by that, you know, in terms of maybe um, their direct communication that they'll get to the board, maybe finally getting the resourcing that they need to implement the programs in the way they're meant to be implemented. So can you talk a little bit about what you expect to do for the conference in October? Look, the, the bigger theme is around that trust rebuild, which was, of course, a huge theme that came out of the Royal Commission and a, an ongoing piece of work by a number of bigger organisations. But it's not just, not just those that testified at the Royal Commission who were impacted by this. And this is where the conversation around trust is really, really interesting. It's being trusted by your employees, being trusted by your customers, which is, you know, the most obvious one, but being trusted by the rest of the market that they won't invest a whole lot of um, time and energy into rebuilding trust in financial markets, for example, or any other markets, the energy sector, aged care are going to face this in a huge way. Um, rebuilding trust and doing the right thing only to be pulled up by somebody else's poor behaviour and not your own, and you've put, invested all that time. In addition, we have a whole conversation going on in the media around trust in our regulators. So they are facing the same challenges, uh, but their actions will be different from, from ours as the recipient organisations. And I do agree. I think they are going to be quite aggressive and straightforward. They need to absolutely engage in that same trust conversation where they have to look cleaner than clean. So there's no more uh, collegiate relationships that they could be accused of um, doing favours for mates. Not that we would ever level that, but it's, as we've seen, it's all in a perception issue. So um, I think that will change the way they relate to organisations and the market. They are charged with building that trust themselves in the market. Um, that is one of their primary jobs and that's the sole purpose of regulation in some instances. So they've got a big challenge for the market as well. Um, and so they'll be holding the players in that market accountable for doing the right thing and playing their role in rebuilding trust in the market as a whole. So it's a very, very multi-layered conversation that we'll be having. In that conversation, along with the, we spent quite a bit of time last time talking about the compliance profession. I think the value there is that emphasising that whether or not you call it a profession, 
how it's structured, the qualifications and the background to it. Our members behave professionally. But it's getting that understanding of the role within the organisation much better and the role that a good compliance framework and risk framework plays in rebuilding trust. And everyone has a role to play in that trust conversation, obviously, especially at a director level. But your framework is one of the essential um, gears in that machinery to the rebuilding of it. And looking at those end objectives of rebuilding trust is a very important one. Um, I'm hoping that the, the compliance spend will increase this year. The latest McKinsey report um, into benchmarking on the compliance function seems to think that it might have peaked. Yep. I don't know if that's true in the Australian market so much, but, um, but I'm hoping that it hasn't because I know that our members need bigger resources to face this kind of huge challenge. Um, but one interesting thing they did say in that is that a lot of time and energy is spent on uh, restructuring compliance, and we've seen that in the Australian market, restructuring how it is, because nobody has a good idea of what the best way would be. Right. And that um, some, of the, some of the pushback that our members may have been facing in our organisations, and I think this is true, is that um, it's not so much around that they don't believe in your compliance message, it's that they, they lack a confidence of understanding what it is you are trying to do and achieve and that it's being done the right way, um, which isn't a criticism of our members, it's more a lack of confidence in their ability to assess it. So that, you know, organisations feel quite confident around financial stability and credit risk and, and some long-standing methodologies, and they're less confident in this. And so some of their pushback and lack of budget may, may be around their own lack of confidence. So that's a potential area for our members to skill up others in the organisation to do their part to contribute. Right. I, I think it's interesting that the McKinsey report thinks it's peaked because obviously with the AFR article that came out earlier this year, as well as speaking to um, recruiters from Randstad, they have the sense that it might be very much growing and there will be more spend. Of course, the question is whether that spend would necessarily be in more bodies or whether that spend can be spread out into investing in some technology solutions to sort of deal with those low-level administrative levels. I guess that's going to be hard to predict. So it's interesting to see that sort of counter... It is, it is yeah. interesting. I mean, one of the things that came out of the report was that the one area where they didn't necessarily say that there was going to be increased spend, but there's going to be time and energy spent was in building compliance talent. And yeah. we've seen that in a number of organisations where, yes, they have recruited. Um, they've had to recruit from outside experience, the experience uh, compliance professional pool, because they're just in demand. So we're putting them through courses. Um, or they, they're trying to look and, and skill up internally. So there is that. Um, and I don't know how much to what percentage that affects end budgets. But yes, there's a balance between technology and seeing value in that yet um, versus you know if you've got skilled professionals on the ground that, it, that at least that's worked in the past, that's a proven, a proven methodology for tackling a big problem. Right. So I guess back to that theme of role of compliance for the conference. I mean, what are, I guess, if I could narrow it to like five key questions that you think, that you hope, to answer at the conference or at least get people thinking about at the conference later this year? I guess it will be around that bigger picture trust and a bigger picture for your role in an organisation and how you can push the boundaries of your role and get a better understanding um, and build that confidence level and skill up your directors um, because I think that is a great area of weakness for directors in understanding 
um, and not being manipulated by certain conversations around compliance outcomes. Mm. It seems like a piece of work from the outside when you're a director, but um, if you understood the end objective and the benefits to the market as a whole, it might be might be a different um, a different sort of proposition. The other area I think is around. By the time the conference rolls around, some of the regulators who've been most affected by the Royal Commission and the upcoming Royal Commissions um, will have had a bit of time to digest it and observe what went on in the last one yep. and um, and decide their gameplay going forward. So I think it takes that long in, in organisations that big to sort of move forward. So I think October is actually a really good timing for getting an idea of ongoing strategy and not just what the short-term knee-jerk reaction is going to be. Um, I think we might, we will then also have what the recommendations are out of the Royal Commission and whether or not they transpire is always an entirely other matter. We will have had an election result, yeah. which I think will change the flavour and culture of what is expected uh, across the board for compliance. And I think this greater understanding of the um, essential uh, services provided by the organisations that our members uh, work within, so not just financial services, again, going from aged care, going from the not-for-profit sector, manufacturing um, and export market, these are all getting many more headlines around the importance of that for the Australian economy as a whole to bolster up other areas where we may be weak and compliance is a key area for that ongoing value. All right, excellent. Um, I didn't count to make sure that those were five, but um, those are definitely key themes I, I hope think people it was. are writing I think down. I cheated. <laughs> and I think listeners don't bother to count either, just take it as it is. Um, well, thank you very much for making time this morning to talk a bit about what's happening this year. and. We will catch up again on the podcast, I guess, to touch on maybe some of the key themes, because I guess the report's coming out just next month. It's, yes. al it's already almost the 1st of February. Um, so I guess we'll have a lot to talk about when that happens. We sure will. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast was produced by the GRC Institute, and the original music was written by Rob Neary. 